Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning into my podcast, Keeping It Real with Caramel, as we say 100. I have Michelle on the line. How are you, love? I'm doing all right. And yourself? I am good. I am good. I'm so happy to talk to you because we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I have a lot of questions, too. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so tell the listeners just a little bit about you before we get into all this good stuff. Just a little, a little about yourself. Well, I am an entrepreneur. I am a writer. Uh, I've written a book, God, a Lesbian, and the Space in Between. Uh, I am currently in the beginning stages of uh, creating a vlog. I've been doing it for like three years, but um, I'm just really starting to pour myself into it. So uh, I have a vlog also and a website, uh, agirlaftergodsheart.com where you can find a lot of my writing about, you know, <clears throat> queer social issues, especially in the Black community, as well as in the Black church. Right. Okay, okay. So what does writing mean to you? I know you you have a book out, um, a novel out right now. So how much do writing means to you? Like, you know, what does it mean? Because I know to me, it means everything. I love writing. Right, right. You know? And I I wake up want to write, you know? Mm-hmm. So what about you? So ever since I was a little girl, I've always been a writer. I've, I wrote poetry when I was younger. I used to always actually read the book of Psalms. No lie, seriously. It, it, like, wow. <laughs> as soon as I could read, I would read the book of Psalms because I would love the way David talked about God. And mm-hmm. it fascinated me. So really honestly my poetry i learned it from the book of psalms but i would write a a lot of that stuff uh uh, while i was growing up and also i loved writing in class i wanted to be a journalist but um i went for a degree in psychology instead so (laughs) right you was like i do want to do that but you know i got something better to do you know what i mean yeah But that, that is awesome because I want to be a journalist at one time too. And I was like, oh, I don't even know. Because I really think it's hard work, honestly. Because mm-hmm. when you write, you have to be into the moment yes. of writing. Yes. Because you can't just write. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, me, I can't. Because sometimes you just have to have that moment. Because you have that writer's block. You know? Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's just... I'll be like, uh-uh, no. So I just went to other things, you know? Mm-hmm. So you grew up in church. Yes. And and so when you grew up in church, do you feel like you was missing anything out there as, like, you know, the other teenagers was doing? Oh, my. So <laughs> so I talk about this in my book, Growing Up in a, uh, a Pentecostal. I'm telling you, it was, it was so, like churchy it was so I, I couldn't go to the movies I couldn't go bowling I couldn't oh my God. <laughs> listen in high school I'm not kidding I'm not talking about in elementary school or middle school I'm talking about high school 12th grade I couldn't really do any of that stuff oh god <laughs> I know I know you I mean I don't know how do you feel do you feel like you was missing out like all your friends and everybody was going to the movies and they was going this place and that place and you was the only one like oh I gotta go to church <laughs> you know what I mean? so, <laughs> so how do you really feel about that like seriously it kind of it kind of drove me crazy um, around 11th grade 12th grade year because I felt you know, because when you get that, when you're at, at that age, you start to put stuff together. Like, logically, things start to make sense. And right. I would, you know, feel left out. I couldn't listen to this now. No lie. 
I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't date guys while I was in high school. <laughs> I, know, I know you was like, oh my God. Like, your, I'm pretty sure your friends were like telling you like, girl, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I know you was in school looking like, oh my God, you know, yes. but I can't, I can't date. Oh my God, I can't do none of this stuff. So I might as well not even look at them because it doesn't even matter. It, it was, it you was know so I mean? bad in the eighth grade. It was, it was meaningless. This little boy from school. Uh, he bought me some candy and a bear. And my dad, he's very protective, real big dude. He's a preacher. So he's really intimidating, right? He, he's a 6'6", 300-pound <laughs> dude coming around the corner with this bear in his right. hand talking about who gave this to my daughter. <laughs> and I'm so embarrassed. Like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> Wow. Wow. And then um, I was also reading your bio and at, at the age of five years old, you did your first sermon, yes, I did. right? Yes. So like at five, yes. five. Yes. So how did that feel to you? Like, like what was your feelings when you was like, you know, preaching and letting everybody know what was going on. I mean, five years old is young. It is, and I remember the the sermon that I preached. It was a a, a book in Peter. It says, "If you, how can you say that you love God and you uh, shut your heart up uh, towards your brother? You you don't have the love of God in you." I was preaching that that young, so oh, wow. <laughs> it it felt like fire, and it still does. It feels like. Sometimes when I know that God connects connects to me and through me for other people, it feels like absolute fire, but not a fire that burns. It's a, like a fire that consumes me. Wow. I was like at the age of five. <laughs> at five, you just learned how to t- tie your shoe. Okay. <laughs> So and you was and you was just going at it. I was like, oh my god! At five years old, I'm just I'm just getting my bowls right in my <laughs> shoes. Okay, <Yeah. laughs> that is crazy. So tell the listeners a little bit more about your book. So my book is number one. I want to tell you what the purpose of it uh, is for. Okay. The purpose of my book is number one, not to change anybody's mind. I'm not here to do that. I don't need anybody's mind changed for me to feel okay about who I am. And that's my total message. And what I want to do, however, is to show the black community, especially the black church, hey, Uh this is how this feels. This Uh is what this looks like when you treat us like this. This is what we experience when you are homophobic towards us and look at us like we are insects or vermin that need to be squashed. Right. That is true. Oh my God. You even got me all emotional over here. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. But but that is true because when people see different, they don't know how to take different. Right. It's like in the eye of people, they see only one way. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to be a girl and a boy, or it has to be, you know, like that. They don't see guy on guy or girl on girl you know and once they see that they immediately draw back and look at you like something is wrong you know and I feel like love is love no one has no race no color no age no nothing on love Mm -hmm. and whatever you choose to be that's who you are Mm -hmm. you know 
Well, it, it's the scary that like people, it's not really scary. It's just like sad that people really look at things different because it, it has to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. Everybody change. It, things change all the time. And it is scary for us, actually. It is very scary for us. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's scary for me to walk down the street with my wife holding her hand. It's scary for a, a, a transgender woman to walk down the street as herself or a transgendered man. It's, it's scary for a gay mm-hmm. man to walk down the street and hold his partner's hand because there are so many murders and deaths that happen within our community that don't even get reported. Right. And that's sad because the thing about it is people is so, what, what you call it? Phobic or something like that? Like yes. phobic? Yeah, yes. they're so Queer phobic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And they need to open their eyes and, and learn like this is not in it in what the back in the day you know what I mean because they was to be honest to be honest they was doing this back in the day not only that not only that ma'am but they were doing it it was it was real all across the world in different cultures and 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 the thing is is that I understand that it bothers uh, 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 folks to see same-sex relationships because they've never been exposed to it in the first place Right. And because in the black community, it is so terrible. It is so terrible in the black community. Did you know that it has, there's, there's a statistic that says that gay men are three times more likely to be high risk for HIV and STDs because of the way they are tr- being treated by their families and their community. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and 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 that's the issue. No, none of the, especially the uh, black queer community. No one wants to speak up because everyone is so afraid. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid my mama won't talk to me. I know a man right now who is gay. He married his husband, but his mother rejected him. He is now on crystal meth out of his mind. Oh my god! He could not handle it. He could not handle his mother rejecting him like this. And and what I talk about in my book is my relationship with God. I talk about the way God treats me. I talk about the way God uh, 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 has walked me through everything. And you know what? I asked him before all of this began. I said, listen, because like I told you, I had a a very, very close relationship with God since I was a young child. And I was like, dude, listen, I know that this is the realest thing I have ever felt in my life. And if you don't want this for me, I won't do it. And you right. know what God responded? Tell me, girl. I'm listening. Woo. Silence. Right. He said nothing because it didn't matter. And and from that moment up until the point where I got married, where I talk about it in the book, God confirmed every decision that I made. And that's good. That is awesome that, that you depend on him only yes you know because you cannot depend on anybody else but him you know what i mean and the thing about it is when when i believe totally when parents deny their kids because they're different from the other kids is really really sad because you're supposed to love your children no matter what decisions they make in life if they whoever they love or whatever they love whatever they do long as they don't do nothing that's out the box you know right. what i'm saying right, right, right. but you cannot like i would never not talk to my child if she decides to do something different 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I love, I have to, if I love her that much, mm-hmm. I have to love her decision that she loves someone that much to be with. Right. And how old is your daughter? Uh, she's 14. 14. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this hypothetically? It, the statistic from Treasure National Survey, it says that 29% of LGBTQ youth have experienced homelessness because they, oh my because they were kicked out or it was so terrible that they ran away. Could you imagine your daughter homeless? Could you? Girl, no. Girl, no. Exactly. Let me tell you something. I will do anything for my baby girl and whatever. Like I tell her all the time, I love you regardless, no matter what, unconditionally. So no matter what decision you decide to do when you grow up or what, however you feel, baby, I'm with you 100%. You know, I'm a love who you love. As long as you love them, I'm a love them. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because I am not going to be judgmental and be like, I don't know why she debuted. You know what I'm saying? And, like, and you know what? What? It's all it is. It's really a, a, a pride. When my mother hears about folks talk about me, about my sexuality or anything about in the gay community, she gets offended because she thinks it's about her. Right. She thinks right. that my decisions are a reflection of her. No, 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 no. My reflections, yep. are, my, my decisions are a reflection of me. Exactly, exactly. And girl, someone, if my daughter choose to do whatever she does, nobody ain't gonna tell me nothing anyway. <laughs> I'm that type of mom, like what? Okay. But I understand some mothers are like that, you know, and, you know, some parents are like that. They, they feel like what you do reflects back on them, you know, and because they had you, you're theirs, you know, and that's how that's the thinking of it and sometimes you have to change your mindset you know and some people are set in their mindset that they don't want to change you know what I mean they don't want to see the other side they don't want to get out themselves and see what's going on you know what I mean exactly and I am desperate I am desperate to make sure that people are aware of what they're doing I just started a series on my uh, YouTube vlog uh, called the coming out stories and mm-hmm. I just did my first one. It was about a girl who survived conversion therapy. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to her throughout the interview. And what I realized is that these people don't understand that they're destroying lives. Right. This woman was in conversion therapy for 11 years. She, did, she didn't have sex. She didn't date anybody. For 11, can, right. can you imagine? That's like a prison sentence. She won't, yeah. she won't get that time back. And then she realized, hey, this is crazy. Because right. the same pastor that sent me to conversion therapy tried to have sex with my best friend in church. Woo, girl, preach. Woo, because that happens. It does. That happens. It- that happens. That definitely happens all the time, but not reported. It's exactly. You know why they don't report it? And here, here's the thing. It, it, I believe that in a black community, because we as women grandmothers mothers we don't speak up and challenge our black men to their foolishness that's the reason why they keep doing what they're doing until we stand uh-huh. up because listen black women we have power you understand what i'm saying we have uh-huh. we have significant influence and 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 if there's a way that you have to talk to your man or to your brother or to your husband find that way but we've got to start speaking up 
and holding them accountable because they are destroying your seed. Right. Oh, right. So a a quick question for you. So when you talk to people about God, because I know God means so much to you. And it means a lot to me too, but I'm just saying, when you talk to people or you say something about God or or, or say a scripture out of the Bible or something to people, do people kind of hesitate and look at you? Yes. Okay, right. Um, do you believe the reason why they do that because they don't want to hear what you have to say about God because some people is kind of scary kind of like hesitant to to hear the word well first you know yes first off it's going to be tough for people to hear me because i'm a female number one if you think about black Mm -hmm. men in the church they don't want to listen to no women i actually was out um somewhere the other day and i was just randomly talking to this black man oh no he was a client and he said yeah that old lady up in that white house that's vp you know i don't believe in that you know i like the the, Mm -hmm. the way of the bible and then i'm thinking to myself this man don't follow one rule in the bible but he gonna pick this one. <laughs> right, right. But see, the, you already know. You already felt. You already felt the vibe, yes, right? I like did. he don't. He talk about right. he got nine girlfriends. So shut your mouth. Get out my face. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the thing is, is that I'm a worshiper, right? So when I go in church, I can't help it. When I, my mom told me, she said, said you was in the middle of the church and it was quiet, and she said. You just screamed and yelled to the top of your lungs, hallelujah. And the entire church just went up, right? So I've always been Mm -hmm. a worshiper. Listen, when I go to churches, black churches, and I worship, I don't care who's looking at me. And and I am am masculine presenting in their eyes. And to me, I'm just a tomboy. I like, you know, khakis and a polo. (laughs) Right? But to to them, I look like a dude. And they've actually said that to me to my face. But anyway... What? Girl, stories for days. <laughs> I, I I know I know you get a lot of stories. I can tell, but because the way you like the way you're talking to me, but I just understand how people can come out and say things to people. You know what I mean? Like I understand that to be real, you know, say how you feel. But some things you have to keep to yourself. Well, you know what I'm saying? About, you don't. Yeah, just, the thing about the LGBT community is because black people, most of them, who are actually you know being honest with themselves and 80 percent of them are in the closet we're just gonna put that out there um most of them cannot relate or they're either homophobic because they are gay so because they can't relate they feel like you know how prideful black people are oh you look at him girl he look at so and so over there he gay girl girl look at him yeah (laughs) you know how we do right but but they don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand how toxic that is. And I prayed. I was like, God, I need you to help me to understand why it's this way. And and I got the term. It's cognitive dissonance. If you learn that a man and a woman are supposed to be together, you are natural. Your brain is naturally wired to go into panic mode if you see a woman and a woman together. because you've never seen it before. Now, if I go over into, my wife and I go over into like a different part of the world, where, you know, they have a lot of lesbian couples, they're gonna be fine. There's Mm -hmm. nothing gonna be wrong. It's cultural. That's all it is. Right, right. Well, I am just happy you and your wife are happy. That's all that matters. You know what I mean? 
Nobody will have anything to say about that, you know. You're, you're out a little bit. I don't know what's going on your end, but I can hear some static. So listeners, I can hear a little bit of static. I know you hear a little bit of static. Where's my Michelle? Yeah, is my Michelle better? back? Oh, that's much better. I don't know what you was doing over there, but, you know. No, I thought no, I lost no. you. I thought I lost no. you a little bit. Well, it's all good. It's all good. The listeners know that some things happen sometimes, and that's what this, this is what it goes on. So how are you and your wife doing with the so, pandemic? Uh, my wife and I are doing very well. I, I work. I'm an entrepreneur. Okay, I have good. my own finance business. And she's she's like Radio Shack. She does something with IT. I don't know. That's what I call her. That's my nickname for her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Geek Squad, come over here so I can help me with my. <laughs> 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 so she's, she's, and I know her. Look, I'm pretty sure I, I know how she look at you when you say yep. that. Yep, we are doing very very well. Um, actually, it's been a lot of resting time because she and I have done a lot of things for our family um my dad passed away in 2018 and so did her mother uh her mother thank you thank you um her mom passed away february and then my dad uh passed away three weeks after her so we lost lost a parent together and that was a significant impact on the both of us and um you know so the pandemic has really given us a time time to separate from everyone else and to kind of catch up on some rest Right, because it's mm-hmm. well needed, right? Because I, I think we all need some rest right now. Because the way the world, the way the world is going right now, is crazy to me. And I just hope things get better. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't even know, Michelle. Sometimes I'd be looking at the news like I just cut it off because I don't even want to see. I like. I don't even want to see the bad part of it. Just give me some positive out the situation. You know, everything you hear is negative, negative, negative. I want positivity. Yeah. And, you know? and I think that the greatest thing that's happened since Trump's been in office is that there's there has been a great awakening in different, uh, 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 like, baby boomers, millennials. There's been an awakening in the millennials that is that is really, really starting to come out. And I believe that that influence, this experience with Trump is going to fuel a lot of revolution, a lot of policy change, a lot of things that are going to help uh, Americans. Because look at it, you've got trans people that are in Congress now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who would have thought that yeah. would happen? That is phenomenal. So we have, <laughs> we, exactly. we've got a lot of people exactly. in office and in places where they can be of great influence to help change everything. But what's scary is that half of the United States was okay with everything that was going on. And I tell the black community, and I say Mm -hmm. this so loud, I'm not afraid to say it. You've got to understand that you have to sow what you want to reap. If you are treating your queer family members and the queer people around you, why do you, uh, uh, with with great uh, uh, bias and discrimination, why do you think white folks ain't supposed to treat you the same way? Close that door. Wow. That's deep. That's and, very and deep, Michelle. I've been doing research on it. The uh, uh, police brutality didn't start until after 2008. Uh, 2007, 2000, 
uh, no, no, I'm sorry, 2012. And that's when the, the uh, LGBT Marriage Act started. And the black church, yeah, 2012. Going out, Michelle. All right, there we go. So the black church raised okay, over $8 million to combat same-sex marriage. Now, how many homeless folk need something to eat? How, how many mothers okay. with, with single oh. mothers needed housing in your churches? Okay. Okay. You are so right about that because they spent a lot of money. Okay. And we got these people. And it's so sad. Like when you say homeless, it's so sad that p- so many people it are is. living on the streets right now. You know, and they got kids. Yes. You know, and it's 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 just it's just terrible. And if I had and you know, don't get me wrong, I'm okay. I'm gonna say this, but you know, this is my only opinion mm-hmm. on the situation. Okay, after all these different people with all this money, entertainers, basketball players, or whatever, help the community by getting these homeless people yeah. off the street. You know, because they yeah. need it. You know what I mean. So this is crazy, but our world is it's like it's going upside down or something. Like we on our heads, like banging, <laughs> like ding, 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 ding. you know what I'm saying? Like it's like we on bail or something. Ding, 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 ding. Like what? What's really going on? Like you know, but it, it's just crazy. So, um, listeners, um, definitely connect with Michelle she has so many insights on so many things if and she read her book because her book is going to be amazing and if you feel like you can't come out the closet you are living for yourself and nobody else do what's best for you only you know um I know you're scared of whatever goes on who's going to say this who's going to say that but no one matters but you and whoever you're with period and so Michelle it's been a such a pleasure I don't even want to get off the phone with you hello okay it's been such a pleasure talking to you you are very very like high strong and I just love talking to you like period thank you point blank okay so tell everybody your social media so they can contact you or call you or however okay, email so you or I whatever have, on my blog i have an advice column if you want to send me an issue or a problem that you'd like discussed uh, in uh, anonymously you can send me an email at mjohns at a girl after god's heart.com mjohns at a girl after God's heart.com and my website is a girl after God's heart.com and uh, my Facebook is MJ author A U T H O R space in between the two MJ and author. Yes, Do you, yes are you uh, on Instagram? MJ as well, on Instagram because I have to find <laughs> okay. you, okay? <laughs> perfect, perfect. So I just want to say thank you um, yeah, for being on my podcast and hopefully yeah. we'll, we'll stay connected, you know, because you're amazing and your wife is so blessed to have you in her life. And I'm yes, pretty ma'am. sure you're blessed <laughs> to have right. her. Okay. So y'all stay together, be strong, you know, get a lot of rest and love each other. <laughs> and you can't love each other no more. All right. Hello. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Talk to you later.